You're listening to The Vine Podcast, episode number 17. Today's episode is all about how you can work more efficiently and get more done in less time this year. You love the time you get to spend creating content on your blog and connecting with your audience, but building a brand and working on your website, that's where it can feel overwhelming. With all of the lists out there of everything that you should do, sometimes you just feel like giving up. But friends, there's a better way. When you spend time strategically thinking about your blog, you'll discover what is essential to build a successful and sustainable business and what's not. I'm your host, Madison Weatherill, a WordPress web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers. I'm here to help you think strategically about the brand you're building, connect with your ideal audience, and ultimately convert them into raving fans, the ones who actually make your recipes, interact with you, and make this whole food blogging journey worth it. It's time to design a business you love and remember why you started a blog in the first place. Welcome back, friends, and welcome to a new decade. I will spare you all of the nostalgia of being in a brand new decade and a new year, but mostly because I am just really excited to be jumping into recording today's episode. I really always love the start of a new year because it's a chance to really review what has or hasn't been working in your business, and if you've been listening to the last few episodes, you know that we've been covering those topics specifically. And so I'm really excited today to jump into five ways that you can work smarter in 2020 and how this is really going to impact your business in a really positive way. Before we get started, I want to make a quick reminder that if you are not subscribed to the podcast, please go ahead and do that so that you never miss an episode. And if you wouldn't mind, I would love if you could share a screenshot of this episode on your stories and tag me at Grace and Vine, and I will share it to my audience as well. As I mentioned in the last few episodes, becoming a mom has seriously changed the way that I work. I used to work on my business and client work pretty much all day and night, and I can honestly tell you that having less time to work has made such a big difference in my business in a positive way. I honestly don't know what I used to do all day long, but I can guarantee you that I was not using my time wisely. So today I want to dive into five ways that you can work smarter in 2020. So the first way that you can work smarter is to start by reviewing your tasks. Before you make a plan, you always have to start with what you're already doing. And in episode 12, I talked about reviewing your year. That episode was in the spirit of the end of year and reviewing that, but this can really be done at any time. You want to start with reviewing everything that you're doing for your food blog. I really mean that you want to write down every single thing that you're doing. I want you to think about all of the different parts of your business, not just creating content. I want you to think about content creation both for your blog and for social media, recipe development, food photography, creating recipe videos, and then admin work like responding to emails, reaching out to brands, connecting with your audience on Instagram, recording Instagram stories, etc, etc. You can see that this list gets really long pretty quickly. So take a look at that list, and then you're going to decide what to do with each item on that list. You're going to decide if you need to simplify that task and what you're doing, stop doing certain tasks, things that are not moving your business forward, or outsource the task. Once you have an overview of all of your tasks, now you're going to create an ideal schedule. So this is the second way that we're going to work smarter in 2020. So during my coaching accelerator that I did last year, I was challenged to create an ideal schedule for the week. In general, I'm a pretty unstructured person when it comes to schedules and routines, and this has changed a lot since having kids. Having an ideal schedule has completely changed the way that I work. Without having that, I am 100% confident that I wouldn't have felt like I could manage adding a podcast into the mix or cutting back on my work hours or increasing my client load. 
This year, I decided to double my client load so that I can work with more food bloggers on web design and branding, and I definitely wouldn't have been able to do that without knowing my ideal schedule for the week and knowing exactly how long certain tasks take me. So the first step in creating your ideal schedule is to figure out how long things take you. If you have the time, go ahead and take a week and track your time. This is going to help you so much in figuring out what your ideal schedule should look like by figuring out how long certain tasks that you're doing will take you. But if you want to start without that, my advice is just to be as honest with yourself as you can about how long things take you. If you're not really sure, go ahead and double the amount of time you think something takes you and you can always revise this later. Even if you're just recipe testing as a part of your prepping for dinner, just be honest about fitting that into your schedule so you can make sure you have enough time for everything. I think this is especially difficult for food bloggers because the line is often blurred between work time and personal time, and so it's really easy to fit tasks in here and there as you're doing other things around the house or hanging out with your kids. And so when it comes to figuring out how much time you have for creating blog posts or how many blog posts you have time for, throughout the month, it's really hard to figure that out because everything is so blurred. Then I want you to take a look at how much time you have throughout the week to work. How many days of childcare do you have? Or if you don't have kids or they're in school, how much time do you want to work? Figuring out the boundaries of what is going to be work time will really help you to create this ideal schedule. And this is another friendly reminder that you don't have to work all the time. I'm saying this as a recovering workaholic, but having an ideal schedule will really help you to be able to turn off your work time. So I want you to take a look at those tasks from step number one, and we're going to figure out where they're going to fit in. I want you to include any non-working periods where you might be working on things like recipe testing during dinner or editing photos while you're watching Netflix at night. If you regularly do this, I want you to still put it on your schedule. Now, I love doing this on my Google Calendar because I can easily move things around, and once I get the weeks set up, I can go ahead and set all of the tasks to repeat weekly. And so then when I'm ready to start working, I can open up my calendar and know exactly what I'm supposed to be working on. I want you to make a mental or just physical note to review this every few months or if you notice that you're not following it on a weekly basis. Don't feel bad about not following this schedule if you get off track. Just dig into what's not working about this schedule and make adjustments. For example, if you're not a digital calendar person and you have this in your Google Calendar, but you're never looking at it, that could be an example of a time when this might not work very well for you. So don't be afraid to revise it and review it every couple of months. So the third way that you can work smarter in 2020 is to batch work. Now, if you're not doing batch working, this is totally going to change the way that you do things. The idea behind batch working is to focus on one type of task for a certain period of time to allow your brain to get into what is called a flow state. This is basically a state where your brain is working almost on autopilot on whatever the task is. And now it can take up to 15 minutes of concentrating on one task before you can get into a flow state. So when you are constantly switching tasks or even trying to multitask, you can be decreasing your productivity by up to 40% which is why batch working can be a huge benefit to your business and productivity. To start batch working, you first have to figure out what types of tasks can be bundled together. I think a lot of the times food bloggers will be working on a post from start to finish, and oftentimes you can batch work certain parts of recipes and your blog work in order to be more productive and to get more done. So here's a quick list of tasks that food bloggers can easily batch work content planning, keyword research, outlining blog posts, testing recipes, photographing recipes, writing the actual blog post, scheduling social media promotion, and writing emails to your list. 
Now, some of these may be things you're already doing, but instead of doing them for one post, do this task for two or three posts. With content planning, for example, you wouldn't just plan your content for one day at a time. You plan it for a week or a month or a whole year. Or the other example from kind of real life examples is you wouldn't do just one dish at a time if you're doing the dishes. You do the whole set of dishes at a time. This is something that we naturally do in our real lives, but for some reason in our businesses, we tend to break things up into just finishing one thing at a time instead of batch working certain parts of a process in order to get further ahead. So you can use that same process to do keyword research for a month's worth of posts or outline three to five blog posts at a time instead of just one. You'll get more into a groove and you'll be able to get the work done more efficiently this way. I did this when I used to do recipe videos for other food bloggers. I would storyboard out multiple recipes at a time and I would prep ingredients for multiple shoots I was doing in one afternoon and then I would shoot them all together. If you're totally new to batch working and you have no idea where to get started, I'm going to link to a guide that I created at the beginning of last year that will walk you through the process of batch working and figuring out how to get started with it. So you can find that in the show notes. Batch working is also going to help you to get ahead, which is really important for the next way that you can work smarter in 2020, which is outsourcing. Now, I am super passionate about outsourcing, and I think it is one of the biggest things that you can do to be more productive with your time and to make a bigger impact in your business. I see a lot of food bloggers who are still treating their food blog like a hobby and really not seeing the value in investing by outsourcing. There are so many tasks related to your food blog, and the reality is you are not an expert in all of them. You can't be the best at web design, graphic design, Pinterest, email marketing, Instagram, food photography, recipe development, content writing, etc., etc. If you think back to any of the lists of tasks that I've already mentioned in this episode, you understand how much of a variety there are in tasks that you do for your food blog. So figuring out the tasks that you love doing or that have to be done by you for example, Instagram stories where you're talking to your audience. Then you can look at the tasks and figure out which ones are the tasks that someone else could do for you or could even do better than you. I think one of the biggest mindset shifts you have to have in order to start outsourcing is to realize that outsourcing is something that will cost you money, but it's going to buy back your time. And this is time that you can invest back into your business or time that you can put back into your personal life. And that is invaluable. Whether you have kids or not, whether you have a full-time job or not, even if your food blog is your full-time job and it seems like you have all of the hours in the day, outsourcing can make a huge difference in your business. If you're at a place where you're just getting started with outsourcing, or even if your food blog isn't making a lot of money yet, just start small. You can outsource small tasks or hire someone at a lower hourly rate. It's so liberating to buy back your time, and this can lead to freeing up more time for you to do things that you love doing in your business or the tasks that lead to making more money, like pitching brands to work with or creating content for SEO. Think back to the list of tasks that you're doing for your blog that we did in step one. Which are the ones that you said you needed to simplify or to outsource? Those are the ones you want to get started with. Here's just a quick list of things that you can outsource for your food blog. Pinterest management, keyword research, content writing, photography, videography, social media management, design work, web design. You can head back to episode number eight, where I talk all about how to simplify design work for your food blog. And if you're looking to stop wasting hours creating graphics for your blog in Canva, reach out. I would love to support you through my designer support package this year. You can check out the show notes for details on that package. The last way that you can start working smarter in 2020 is to stop doing all of the things. As food bloggers, it's so easy to get swept up in all of the should-dos and feel like you have to be present in all of the places. But this is also an incredibly dangerous way to run your blog. 
You have to figure out what is going to work for your food blog and your audience, not someone else's. So if you're feeling overwhelmed headed into 2020 with tons of ideas, I want you to dial those back and figure out how you can focus on the things that will grow your food blog. Let the rest of it go or outsource it if it's something that you have to do but you don't want to. Just be careful with assessing what you really must do. I think there's a tendency in the food blogging world to do things because other people do them even though they are not resulting in any traffic to our blogs or any growth for our blogs at all. As you head into the new year, I hope that you'll be diligent in reviewing your tasks, setting a schedule that works for you, and delegating or stopping the tasks that you can. It will make this year the best year for your food blog, and the best part is that you don't have to hustle more just to make that happen. I would love for you guys to head over to Instagram and to share a post about what your biggest takeaway was from this episode and what you're most excited to implement in your blog. I would love to cheer you on as you create an ideal schedule and follow that. And I really think this is going to make a huge difference in the way that you work on your food blog and your productivity levels for this year. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.